You're now listening to the Grow Together podcast, the official podcast of the Grow Together community, a place where no one gets left behind on their self-discovery and personal growth journey. And now, here's your host, Luke Burrows. Alright guys, we are live for episode 3 of Redefine Your Twenties and today we have Alex Parker joining us. Alex, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you Luke, it's great to be here. I'm so excited to just get on with it. Yeah, absolutely man. So I was just thinking, like we've known each other um, for, was it like two years? Yeah, two years. Yeah, I remember the two years we've met, well, met online and then yeah, took off ever since. Yeah. For sure. So just for those who don't know who you are, if we just kind of dive into who is Alex and then we'll dive into like the more the background story, this path that you've uh, been on. And yeah, then we'll dive in, into some of the good content. Yeah, for sure. So a little bit about me. At school, didn't work out, let's just say, because it was more of a like one size fits all. And I think actually the school system now is a lot better. They, they take on, you know, they, they're able to differentiate, you know, people's different skills and needs. But, you know, I left school 2010, so that didn't work out. But th- there's not a lot of regrets since that. Then I've done every sort of job and uh, that didn't work out. And actually, not because they are of the job, but so much of the people involved, I'm not the easiest person to get along with. So, so that's probably that issue there. And then later on, I was able to meet mentors and, and the mentors helped me to pivot sort of towards yeah. business and establish myself in, in self-development. So, but that's where the sort of self-development journey began about 19, 20. So that, that was sort of the starting point. I'm sure, I don't know if I went off topic there. No, absolutely uh, on topic. And so, you know, this is something that I'm really passionate about, you know, is to kind of help more young people um, and that to really start that self-development, that personal growth journey. So, and it's funny, like, I think obviously like I can relate to that. Like most people I feel come across it when they start in their own business. I mean, you always have, you know, the, you know, the examples, the, the excitements, but I feel like most people that I've come across when they start their own business, then they've like find this personal growth world as well. So yeah, like, I suppose talk us through kind of when you first came across it and was like your mentors recommending like all these books and that I'm kind of interested in diving into the mindset where you quite reserved to, to like read the books or watch the videos or whatever it was. And yeah, I'm kind of interested in the mindset when you first came across it ultimately. Yeah. So the, the mindset is, is such a like, it's so wide, you know, wide, and there's so many perspectives. But if I could narrow it down to three uh, elements, which I got off, I could never say the name right. Niall degrees Tyson, right? He's like a scientist, and he he says there's objective truth, there's personal truths, and there's political truths. And I was interested in objective truths, objective truth, for example, like gravity, whether you know from India or you're from uh, England. You know, whether you, whatever your religion is, it will always work, whether you believe it or not. So I was like, right, I'm interested in that area of truths that will work no matter what. And I wasn't so much interested in personal truths, although I respected the personal truths of somebody being religious or spiritual. Mm-hmm. And that's okay if it works for them. But nobody can convey that into my own mind, their personal truth. So that was sort of the critical thinking aspect that really I practice today is really critically think of you know what what information you're consuming and whether it's objective truth personal truth political truth you know whether it has any biases and things like that because that can really be inflammatory to your mind so that's the sort of the key area and then i started doing a life course of how to find a, a life purpose sorry by leo gura he's a big youtuber it wasn't that big back in 2015 and it's literally 50 hour course and that 50 hour course of theory translates it into 100 hours plus of actual you know action steps you got to do and it went anything from netty netty method from indian philosophy to asking yourself business questions so it was so like 
wide, you know, in terms of topics. And all I did was actually didn't do, I wasn't at work. So all I did was dedicate six months, stayed at my grandparents in rural parts of Lithuania and, and just did self-development for six months straight. My nan, who um, thought I was going insane, like going through like a quarter life crisis. And uh, one, of the, one of the tasks from the course was actually strong determination sitting where you take a chair and I took it to a forest, right? This sounds so creepy. In the middle of the day, and I sat there for one hour 20. And the whole point of that, you sit one hour 20 doing absolutely nothing, staring at the tree. And then you, the, amount, the amount of awareness you get from that around yourself and perspective was incredible. And everyone else thought I was whack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm so glad I did it because it built willpower and awareness and, and critical thinking that you never think of. So that was sort of the, the growth that was happening from that course. What's your view on um, personal development? What do you think? Yeah, so I think for me, I can kind of, obviously, I think that's where the question came from, relate in terms of that's how I got into it, like through business. And at the time I was doing affiliate marketing and like network marketing type stuff. And so my mentors at the time, I mean, kind of people I was working with were like, read these books. And I tried to keep an open mind, but I was like, I don't read, <laughs> you know, I haven't read since, you know, like school or something, but, you know, definitely kept um, an open mind. And then just started to, I think the first book I read was Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, right. um, which was an awesome book. And it kind of opened my eyes to just things like life values, core beliefs, and, you know, like the whole NLP game as well. And, you know, since kind of been on this personal growth journey and uh, really helped me to overcome some of the uh, like depression I was going through and anxiety because I hated my job as well. Like I so I used to drive the long way around so I could be late <laughs> ultimately so I didn't have to be there as long, you know, just things like that because like I hated it. And so I really fell into this difficult time. But then through uh, so I would say through entrepreneurship, but also through personal growth, personal development was able to pick myself out of that. So yeah, I haven't actually came across uh, some of the people you mentioned there, but I'm, I'm curious to kind of learn more about like those different techniques as well. So that's, that's definitely, uh, it's definitely interesting, but you know, also I can relate to the fact, I mean, I didn't, didn't do any, anything like going to a forest, but I can relate to some of the facts, like people, you know, when you're kind of on this journey, you're like, well, what are you doing, you know, and kind of look at you kind of, I don't want to say differently, but like, you know, the thing kind of, you're kind of crazy or yeah. all that. So, yeah. So I, ultimately now I think I always say it like personal growth. I think when you start the journey, it also, it just like becomes a way of life, you know, like you just, it's just then the way of your life, you know? And so that's why for me with this podcast and others and grow together really want to help people to just start that journey like myself and, and like yourself ultimately. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think everyone needs to find their own path. And yeah. that, that leads me to the next point, which is like fail early and fail fast. And that's something that I've tried to narrow down for this talk of like the sort of the key five or six things that really got, I got out the hundred hours of the personal development and the fail early and fail fast is, is a cliche term, but for me it's true. And the, the early, the more techniques you can sample, the more extremes you can go into. And I believe in extremes. The more uh, you're able to get out of the journey that you go to extreme, because nothing really great happens if you just do medium or average sort of work ethic. If you, mm. uh, I've got this other idea from Ant Middleton, who's a SAS soldier of the in in England Channel Four. Uh, so special, he's in special forces, and he always his ethos is based around extreme ownership of oneself and uh, that that always comes back to self-accountability and that then that's why i thought hey i'm gonna go six months do absolutely nothing but that so fail early fail fast uh, proximity is everything uh, whether you want it want to grow or you want to regress in anything so for example if um let's pick somebody we all know like Jeff Bezos Bill Gates right if I'm around Bill Gates for one year the amount of you know, knowledge I will come out and experience and connections is insane and even even if I'm within like 100 miles of you know 
top people around the world, still the proximity of 100 miles versus 1,000 miles is huge because that's, that's the difference between you getting to a conference and not. And I think proximity is everything. And same with like with uh, toxic people. If you're close to toxic people, you'll absorb it. So proximity, you know, uh, is everything for me. And uh, the other thing is like when I did the sort of meditation side of the, the personal development, it was the don't change the don't cha chase the popularity contest. The popularity contest is so huge, and I think that actually can lead to mental health uh, if you're not careful. And then people point the finger at social media, saying, "Hey, social media is bad because it's it's leading to mental health." But actually, it's because you're chasing the popularity contest within the social media, and there's good and the bad in social media, and you just pick your poison. So that that's it, you know. So. What do you think? What do you think about proximity? I want I want to know that. Yeah. Well, so I'll just kind of touch upon the social media aspect because I completely agree with that. I think I think he's using it as a tool. You know, so obviously I've used it as a tool, connect with you, like-minded people around the world. And I think yeah. in, in a way it, it just, I suppose like it exposes people and kind of society, I suppose, like for who kind of they are. And I think that, yeah, I think ultimately to just use it as a tool. And like like you say, there's definitely the negative stuff. And if you look for that, you know, I can go on Twitter right now and find a bunch of, of negative <laughs> shit. But, you know, I can also go on to another platform or still on, you know, Twitter or, where, or wherever it is um, and find a bunch of good shit, you know. And so I think it's just in a way what you're looking for ultimately. And so, I mean, I did want to kind of ask you on that. So obviously, you know, this podcast is all about people in their 20s and that. And so, you know, to like go through that self-development journey. So I'm just kind of interested in, I don't know, like your words of advice or thoughts on why, yeah, your, your, you know, your thoughts on why, I suppose like more young people are, are just aren't embracing this journey. Like sometimes I feel like they think it's silly or like, I don't know, just don't take it seriously ultimately. So I'm interested in, in your thoughts on that. Yeah, sure. I'm glad you said thoughts and not advice, because I think the other people, the other thing that people do is take advice from somebody who's, who's not qualified. And I'm not qualified to give advice on, for example, an individual journey that, mm. you know, so complex. So I think the, the best thing, you know, if, if you're suffering, then seek professional advice. But if, if you're not suffering and you just lost, then I think, again, uh, I would pick a mentor, an idea that resonates most with you, that you can emulate a style that is most, uh, you know, resonating with you rather than take advice from anybody or like, you know, like myself. But what I would do is, uh, again, comes back to down to what Ann Middleton says and how SAS soldiers perform is to take extreme ownership with of something, you know, become pro at finding the solution to your problem. And that could be through different high yielding techniques and the ones I've uh, mentioned. Uh, and that's why it comes back to the same concept of fast, uh, fail fast and fail early. So you can go in your 20s, right from the 20, let's say to 25, just failing. And what I mean failing is really learning, right? And then once you are 25, you go, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really solidified in my thinking. I know what I want, I have clarity. And I, I know the common denominators that I'm, I'm looking for in people, in careers, in, in anything that I'm really uh, having to make a decision about. So okay. it's, I think it's defining yourself. And one of the books I want to recommend is Managing Yourself. And it's like a tiny book and it's jam-packed with a value uh, that help you to really find of what you're good at and how you can use that to your advantage. And one of the uh, things he talks about is feedback analysis like feedback analysis is so important and it's to take the feedback from not just people but environment as well and then focus on the strength and uh, the key point from that book I took is that it's much easier to go from a C to an A than from a D to, or to a C and that you should focus on your strengths rather than mm -hmm. trying to improve your weaknesses I like that and so do you think you know i like that do you think it's funny so when i was working with my first coach you know a few a few years ago i kind of had to go through this exercise like identifying my strengths because 
do you think like a lot of people don't even know what their strengths are? Yeah, and they and you should use feedback analysis, and that's from environment. And I think you should do a loop of like a one year to eighteen months, and um, because it comes back down to when I said personal truth, objective truth. That's an objective truth. Mm. Uh, if you if you can take the feedback from environment, and if you can take the feedback from your peers who give you constructive criticism, not haters, constructive criticism, there's a huge differentiation there. And then combine the two and just put it on a, on a, like a whiteboard or whatever. Actually, I want to tell you a story. Bill Gates, right, did pros and cons on marriage because he was juggling Microsoft as a company, is growing it to this you know, huge entity that it is today. And it, he did pros and cons, whether it's, it's beneficial for him to marry Melinda at that time. And obviously worked out well for him. He married Melinda Gates and she helped him, you know, tremendously. So he, one of the smartest people on earth, which I consider Bill Gates to be, he did the feedback analysis in very plain, layman terms of pros and cons. And people just don't do that. And sorry, I'm just getting ideas all in my head. The last thing I want to mention is that we go to work, right, let's say as lawyers or, you know, any pick any profession. We become so logical in in what we're doing in the profession, right? Like lawyers or doctors, everything has to make sense, right? But when we come back to our personal life, we dump the logic out and we just do whatever whatever we want to do. It doesn't make sense. Like we're such a high, you know, in, intelligent human beings. We use the logic where it pays, but we don't lose the logic on the most important asset, which is our mind. Right. And also like the point you mentioned, um, like within your 20s, like if somebody started this journey at like 25, oh, sorry, 20, and they went through that process, like by the time they're 25, they kind of are kind of more aware to different things and kind of, you know, we've went through that. I think you mentioned like the, uh, the failure process or and, and everything. I think ultimately, like that's something that I want to encourage more of myself, you know, to, to use your 20s as that building block in a way for like the rest of your life, where I think a lot of young people look at it different like kind of I think they're just not aware so they just kind of follow trends and follow you know society and kind of everything and so uh, they kind of neglect you know their, their 20s and then maybe by the time they're 30 or something they have all these bunch of regrets you know and like okay like what kind of what do I do now so I don't know if you've seen that or what you again like your thoughts kind of on that the way I did it is I looked at about you're about to die on 90 year olds and 100 year olds in care homes. And it's it's about stepping into the future. It's called future pacing. A lot of people will know that. And you future pace yourself 50 years. And then I think for the best experience, I actually recommend to go into a nursing home and, and interview those people because they love to talk. Older old people in care homes, they are lonely. They want to talk. They will tell you everything. And you can use that as, of course, giving them good company, but as well as like feedback analysis of many people. And you can ask, what what would you have done? And one thing I took from it is no matter what they said individually, one, one thing they all said is like, I wish I went for it. That's the common denominator, the common theme that was, I wish I went for it. And I was like, wow, you know, and what's the best time to go for it is now, right? You know, don't wait till it's too late. So that's that's the something I would do as an exercise. Okay, yeah, that's good. I like that. I think so. I mean, I've documented this many times. So I'm a huge Gary Vee fan, and so he, I think a few of videos I've watched of his, he's like, you know, go and hang out in in nursing homes for you know a period of time and kind of see, like like you say, the regrets and kind of people say like I wish I went for it and kind of these different things because I, like like you say, I don't think people kind of think long term as well you know I think caught up in kind of now whereas if they kind of do that you know and think a little bit more long term and where they kind of want to be and um, if they didn't do that like how would they like feel and kind of what their life would look like and kind of like you say then go and spend time with people who haven't ultimately done that and for them like it's now too late <laughs> type of thing where I think for us it's ultimately not so that's definitely something that as well like I want to get out there you know yeah for sure I'm a Gary Viva fan too and I think he's got interesting perspective of how to find yourself 
so what what did you like do an exercise that that was equivalent of like a nursing home that the one i've said did you do something similar um so if i'm honest not really not really so for like the people who are are on that kind of don't know my story or background in that so when i left college i just knew i wanted to run my own business but like no experience you know like i think i was 18 at the time i didn't know about like the online world you know i've I wasn't even that big into like Facebook then, or I think not even sure Instagram was around. Yeah. This, it probably was, but not as big as kind of, you know, it has been since like 2015 or something. Cause I, this, I'm talking like 2012, something like that. Yeah. 2012, 2013. So I don't know, like, I suppose I just always had it kind of within me that I wanted to go and run my own business, but like then needed to find so they needed to get the experience and knowledge on how to actually go about that and so yeah try try a bunch of different things like we're talking about you know try a bunch of different things failed at a bunch of different things learned a lot from a bunch yeah. of different things and then finally came across um kind of the idea and that for grow together that was two years ago and then since been really diving in and focusing on that so yeah i mean i for me it was more like i always had in my mind the vision and what kind of what I wanted to create, especially from like those painful experiences with like anxiety and working on nine to five, I fucking hated uh, yeah. ultimately and kind of all those different things. Like I then, I think sometimes it's come up recently on a few podcasts and that, that I've done. It's like, sometimes you need to figure out like what you don't want to figure out like what you do. And okay. I think that was definitely a, an experience for me where I was like, okay, I do not want this, you know? And so then it's moving towards the things that you do want and kind of how you want your life to look and your lifestyle and kind of the people around you and everything. So yeah, it's only been really since coming across Gary and, and more diving into personal development. And then, and I suppose like being more aware of people around me, but also like other people's stories. And then when they are older, having those regrets, you know, that it's kind of like brought more awareness to me. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, like this is a thing, like this is what happens. So like, even for me right now, it's like do more, you know, because it's like always progress, you know, always trying to move forward, always trying to be better. But then also with that, like if I don't one day reach where I want to get to, like don't judge myself for it because in like the macro and the long term, moving towards where I want to be, if that makes sense. The um, macro, where'd you get that yeah. from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm even talking yeah. to, I, I've even picked some words up from Gary now. So. No, that's good, that's good. <laughs> so yeah in the long term and that so yeah that's kind of my thoughts on that ultimately yeah and i i'd say you know uh, credit to you and despite you failing right you, you never quit uh, and you never think you know quit and you try different things you, you know you didn't stick to the same thing that didn't work and then wonder why it doesn't work which is i think it's another huge pitfall that people have is they carry on the same lifestyle and then wonder why nothing changes but you never quit, right? And that's the other thing that I wanted to touch on is uh, there are some cliche personal development advice like never quit, and it's it's I can't I can't you know praise it enough. And uh, you know if you're tired of something, if instead of quitting, just rest. And if you just rest, you you come back on the horse and you just carry on. So no, well done, man. Awesome, thanks, man. So yeah, I kind of just on that thought that I kind of mentioned there. I know when we were talking before, there was a few things that has like really helped you and then some other things within personal development and kind of things that go around that I suppose we all kind of have our own individual opinions and that on and so you know there are so yeah there's been some things that's helped you and not so it'd be awesome to kind of share those with the audience and maybe have a discussion around those as well yeah sure a lot of things that I was into is very it's more complex and so like it's it's a lot of work and because I, I just believe that you get what you pay for and that and what I mean by that is actually the the more committed you are, the more you get out of it. And so one of the concepts is called spiral dynamics. And I will not do a good justice by making making to this into like a nutshell, but I will do my best. And then you know, I recommend you know for people to look it up because and it's something that you you can you know you need to study for a few months. So spirodynamics is basically evolution of human psyche from prehistoric times all the way till now. And that helps you, by knowing that model, helps you to know how people think and why people say certain things that may trigger you and why might you get triggered. And it gives you lots of answers that isn't in the manual of education system. And it gave me 
everything that I wanted and more to understand why certain people do certain things or let you down or, you know. So Spiral Dynamics by Claire, it's a model, it's an objective model uh, of reality. And it's, it's not perfect, but it's, it's great. The other one is Cognitive Bias, more popularized by Charlie Munger in, in 50s, I believe. Uh, he's a partner of Warren Buffet. And he basically compiled a list of, of cognitive bias, for example, like authority bias or social proof bias. You know, just because somebody's got lots of likes doesn't mean they're like, good at what they do. Mm. That's one of the things. Or like a doctor doesn't mean a doctor, for example, in England, because my wife's a doctor, like a GP. And I love, I love GPs, you know, a big, big hand to them in, during this time in coronavirus. But for example, a GP, it's not qualified to, to do a lot of weight management techniques because they only receive four hours of, of training on weight management and weight loss. And most diseases stem from weight-related uh, issues. But because they're a doctor, you can have an authority bias towards them. So there's all these little things that exist in reality and, and, soci and, and, and sociology. Uh, and I would have a look at cognitive biases uh, list and see how they appear and then you be a, aware of them. Like the other one is ostrich effect where you stick your head in the sand because you believe it's, it's not going to hit you, but it will. So there's so many, so many things. The other one, this is a huge one. This is one of my favorite is evolutionary psychology by mm -hmm. Dr. David Buss. And uh, he basically created this textbook. It's very heavy again, but there is, I would recommend to watch uh, his videos on YouTube on TED. And uh, he basically talks about more relationship side and, you know, what, what it takes to find a good mate. And he talks in very scientific terms, calls it mating, right? And, uh, and mating is basically finding a mate as if you would an animal kingdom and why 50% of uh, marriages fail and things like that. So the key point I took from that is that, for example, if you want to attract a certain person, you need to be go to that location so for example like LA or London you'll find great opportunities there because that's where opportunities are but you also will find people probably with a higher level of narcissism in there as well because that's a byproduct of huge opportunities so if you want that go there if you don't want that don't go there and and it was it was those things that uh, he identified as pools there's pools around the world in, in geography and you'll find certain people, for example, in Germany, if you want things to be more organized, right, and rules, right, Germany is probably a better place for you. Uh, so it's depending what you want from life, there are pools and pockets in the world where you can find that environment that you're happy with. Yeah, and I think that that goes into like the bigger picture and kind of purpose of definitely this show in terms of then people uh, maybe don't go out there and experiment different things or even like travel i suppose to go and find those pockets or you know kind of where they feel more like themselves or kind of where, where they would find themselves or like whatever it is because from like other people's opinions and that i don't know if you would kind of um ag agree with that it's just something that when you just kind of explained it i was like okay that's interesting and then like so and then it really like the thought just came came to me like so people may not actually go out there and kind of try that or do that but like other people's opinions or from their, like their own limiting beliefs and things like that yeah so i mean do you think they should try it more those is that what you mean well I I think, so, so so it makes sense kind of you know in in the world different countries different pockets and that yeah um, obviously different cultures are different and so i don't know like i've also seen it where people that i've connected with online you know they they were living here in england or in the states and so they've like traveled the world and then they found like a place they like fall in love with and you yeah. know it's kind of like they I, I don't know if it's more of like a spiritual thing or whatever it is but then they just kind of kind of explain how they were always meant to go there you know and kind of all that sort of stuff so i think you kind of have those people that go out there and try those different things and find these places that do align with them and then i think you have others who kind of want to but but they don't and then my question is like why don't they and it could come back to like their own you know limiting beliefs or the people that they surround themselves with or other people's opinions like they're scared of judgment you know if they just kind of let you know 
went up and left and you know, started traveling and that. So yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'm looking into it too deeply, but that's just the, something that I kind of thought of. Yeah, no, I, I agree. People should go and sample things and where they want to live and uh, read. If you don't, if you can't travel, you can't afford to, there's no means. So you can read about the, how mm. people are, you know, there's, there's internet. <laughs> so you, you can have, have a look. Uh, for example, I like Scandinavia a lot uh, because of how everything's organized and clean. The, the best people I worked with from Scandinavia because I, I didn't feel like there was no sort of judgment and biases it's all like made sense it was all rational and that was a common theme when I went to Sweden that I actually was working walking in Gothenburg and Gothenburg was one of the uh, nominated one of the friendliest cities in Europe at the time and I've really felt that as I was walking there was a Swedish guy who just joined our conversation and uh, he just started talking to us I didn't understand why coming from England you know living in London being skeptical you know when somebody talks to you on the tube in London you don't know it's it's a it's like what do they want you know but being in Sweden I was and and I realized they just wanted to have a chat and just say welcome to Gothenburg you know uh, welcome you know and that was like a big thing that if you go to different location where those pools and pockets exist you can find things that you know you are looking for yeah that's awesome, man. Okay, awesome. Alex, do you have any, like, I suppose, experiences or thoughts in that from your own journey that's really helped you to, I suppose, become the person you are today and run your business and that that would be valuable for the audience? Yeah, fear. Fear. One working right now is fear management. And it, in that's 100% down in everything business. And, you know, what I'm doing, I own a social media marketing agency uh, and specialize in dentistry. And there's a lot of fear. So, for example, I'm always say to this, I'm dyslexic, and one of my biggest fears is to look like an idiot in, in front of professional audience who are dentists who've got all the qualifications you want, right? So that's my fear. Now, reading Anne Middleton's book from the Special Forces, he's got the fear bubble technique, which I'm practicing. Again, I'm sampling another thing. It may it may be a high yeah, high yielding technique for me. It may be you know a gimmick. So. One of the things that he uh, uh, tells you to do is treat fear as a bubble. So, for example, if you're if you take an exam, there are 50 questions and you're panicking about entire exam and treating first question as this is a fear bubble. Okay, I'm going to step into it. I'm going to do my best. And then that's the time I will allow to feel myself fear. Once I step out of it, there's no reason for me to feel fear anymore. And it's just more of a sort of construction in your head to help you deal with fear. And then the reason why it tells you to step out of the question one is because you don't want to carry any negativity into question two. Because in the question you want, you may only know 50% of that question. And that means if you take that into question two, you're going to have negative lag, which will mm. reduce your performance. So he used it in the battle technique. He was as a soldier was extremely anxious of going on tour to Afghanistan and in six months he would be anxious for six months and then he broke it down so actually when is it appropriate time for me to be anxious well it's really in this few minutes when I'm combating the enemy or about to get shot in the head and the rest of the time I don't need to be anxious yeah. because it robs him of opportunities and performance so I recommend his book the fear bubble so that's something that I'm practicing right now and uh, the other books that help me is Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. That's really good for finding, you know, how you view yourself, your self-worth, and what are the components of the environment that feeding yourself were, self-worth. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think sticking to Pareto law of 80-20 rule is, is to pick few things and go deep and then see what the analysis, what the feedback you got from them and then change. Yeah, so... Um... Quickly on that, I mean, you pretty much explained it there, but for those who don't know what that is, I mean, yeah, you've you've pretty much just explained it. So I suppose what are the things that you've kind of went deep on yourself, you know, just to give like a, a deeper, um, mm-hmm. something that people can relate to? Stem sentences. So I would write out from the self-esteem book, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, one of the exercises was stem sentences. If I focus 10% on this today, what would my life be like? 
if, if you can't give 10%, give five. Mm. If I focus 5% of being better at grammar, so dentists perceive me as more of an expert, what would my life look like? Mm. I'd feel more confident, right? Or whatever it may be. And the other questions was like, can I give 5% in uh, my fitness? Extra 5%, yes, I can. Can I give 5% extra in listening and asking questions rather than talking about myself? Because I want to be altruistic, but that's the person I want to be. So if you can give 5% to in, your, in different areas, like four or five areas, that becomes 20%. And that 20% can accumulate over a period of time. You do the maths. And, you know, in, in just a couple, three months, you can be a different person, which is actually a concept I want to give credit to Jay Abraham. Okay. Awesome, man. Um, what about you? Tell me your technique. Yeah. I want to know. My, my technique. So, I mean, it, to be honest, I'm actually learning quite a lot from you. <laughs> I haven't came across. So I've came across the 80-20 rule, but those books you recommended, I haven't read them yet. So, yeah, I'm not too sure <laughs> but what, what, what have you done like a technique or anything like that like a that has helped you overcome like a fear um to overcome okay so yeah makes sense so to overcome fears i don't know i suppose whenever i do feel like anxious now or feel for now i always try and for me the, i suppose yeah for me the technique is to re to remember like the why behind what i'm doing so for example like if i'm anxious to so back end of last year december i got invited to do to like co-host a workshop at school and i was like a bit anxious and kind of you know like you know i suppose a bit of fear there because i haven't done much in-person stuff but most of my stuff's been on you know online then i was like actually this is something you like it's always been the plan to do more of you know and so for me it was then remembering like why am i on this journey like why am i doing this and then re just remembering the long term like the bigger picture rather than just getting caught up in going there and co-hosting this workshop you know and then like it's funny with with things like that then afterwards i feel like really awesome and kind of you know it goes really well and you know you're like why why was i stressed and why was i fearful or anything you know so i don't know if that kind of makes sense or helps anyone like for me i always try and remember the reason behind why I'm doing what I'm doing and then the bigger picture, like the mission or, you know, like the long-term goal. Yeah, it makes sense. I can, the fear of public speaking is so huge. So, you know, I'm, I'm afraid right now talking to you just because I'm live everywhere. I'm not often live. So, you know, but I do you think this is, is true? Do you think the more you face fears, the, the more of a neural pathway in your brain, uh, not, not the right of saying, not the right way of saying it. The more of a habit you develop of when there's fear present, you take action. Do you think there's a connection there? That the more you face your fear, the more of a habit you develop of going to face your fear. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think if if I just look at my like my own story and journey and things that I've done, I think the more you try something out of your comfort zone over time, like you say, you've just built a habit. Like so when I'm, so when I was going to use the Facebook Live example, but even when I first started them, I wasn't really that. It was funny, like even with that, I wasn't really that anxious. But, you know, just like other things, that so like networking events or some, you know, things like that. The more I've went to those types of things, the more kind of comfortable I suppose I've got. It was like, actually, you know, this isn't too bad. And so then the more you go to them, you know, because you realize it isn't that bad. And so then it yeah. becomes like that habit of just going to them. So, yeah, I, I would definitely go along with that. But, yeah. but I think it takes time. I don't want people to think like it's just once or twice or, you know, if you know what I'm saying is for me, it was like month after month, you know, type of thing. And so it really took a, burn, a, lot right? of, a lot of time. Sorry. It's a slow burn, right? Yeah. Slow burn. Yeah. So, and it's a bit like gym, right? You know, you, you can't, you can't build something, a physique or a performance related activity when over, you know, weeks. So, but the thing is, because that's very tangible and people see it on social media, what could it look like there? But you can't really see what your life would look like once you overcome that fear. Mm. And that's, it goes back to that nursery home example. If you're able to find uh, an, an exercise where you can future pace yourself 
then you're able to see that compelling future or not so compelling future. And then you're able to have more motivation of pursuing activities that involve fear. Yeah, definitely, man. Awesome, Alex. Well, do you have any uh, yeah, like final thoughts or words of inspiration for our listeners today? I would ask yourselves questions. You know, if, if you're watching right now, I would ask yourself, what is the, comp- what is the question that will most likely to prompt an answer? And if you don't know that question, writing out stem sentences of what basically just writing something at the start and then adding a blank where you think the answer would likely to be placed. I would I would sit down and just do it in a quiet place and, and try to find yourself. And I think, you know, once you silence the noise, then that's when you're able to really find yourself. So I would ask questions, you know, if, if, you're, if you're stuck, what yeah, would you think? And where do, where do you stand on things like affirmations and that? Again, like the different techniques, I think uh, for some people it's more uh, beneficial, for some less. And again, that's why, you know, fail fast, fail early is, is something you should do. Some people think affirmations are hoax. Some people think it's really good. For me personally, uh, it doesn't work because it's it can be, I, I can see myself lying to myself right so for me action is better because that action is the best form of affirmation for me because you are physically doing something Mm. so So just kind of on that point real quick i i completely agree (laughs) again when i was working with one of my first coaches in that they're like pushing affirmations and i was just sat there like stood there uh with, with the mirror was like reading out these affirmations like I don't believe any of this type of thing, you know. However, I do kind of see maybe like the like the thought process behind them in terms of also what I mean by that is like if people don't believe so so you mentioned like action there, you know, so you'd rather take action. But then if people have the limiting beliefs to even take the action, if that makes sense, like they won't necessarily take the action because they don't believe in it. So it's kind of like how do you I know I'm kind of made, made, again looking quite deep here, but I, 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 know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I know, I've struggled in that area, and I actually did Tony Robbins' side of you know where he jumps and primes his body, and that's his his form of affirmation is uh, physiology, motion equals emotion, and I've done that with limited results because it just didn't work for me as well. But, and Hannah, my wife, she was getting pissed off because I put loud music going, hey, and just start jumping and <laughs> going absolutely insane. But that, that didn't work for me. But then the other thing, um, coming back to your question, say, how do you, how do you motivate yourself to make, take action if you don't believe in it in the first place? Then I, what I did is find the closest person that I could emulate in terms of style and see what they did. And if there's like a tangible result there, then you can reverse engineer and do what they did. And that should be compelling enough for you that you can do that. And it comes back to future pacing, come back to modeling what works and come back, comes back to objective truth that if the person that you can relate to did X, Y, and Z in, in terms of action, there's a good chance that you're able to benefit and reap those benefits from what they did. So I think it's looking for that person or idea or concept. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And I suppose in a way, I do also get your point with, you know, like just taking action. Cause I think for me, then when you take action, whenever, even when I'm like, I sometimes I'm in more of a procrastinating state and, you know, you just do something, it, it, you know, it completely changes my state, you know? And so I, and, and so then, you know, you, and then it kind of just helps with like the rest of the day, if that makes sense. So I do definitely see kind of like you're saying like just take action and then get the result and then for me then I'm also a bit huge on reflection and you know you you reflect on kind of the result in that and then just kind of go what went well what didn't go so well what I can do better and just like approach it like that rather than just lying to yourself like you know (laughs) I think I can't remember what, what one of my affirmations were but yeah so I definitely see your point on just like taking action as well so yeah, I just think like people have to find what works for them. It comes back to what you said. You, you find out what's not working for you. And there's a great, great quote by Thomas Edison. He said, 
I haven't found how to uh, make a light bulb, but I found a thousand ways of how not to make a light bulb. And it, it just comes back to that. It's when when people give like advice, you should do this, you should do that. I always look at first of all, are they qualified to give advice? You know, because there are lots of people who just give advice. Like you know, the gentleman who you mentioned gave you affirmation advice, and that could work for for somebody, it can work for you, but maybe perhaps he didn't get to know you well how you function, what your thoughts are. Is it the right time to give uh, affirmation to this guy or is he not ready for it? You can't mm -hmm. teach uh, calculus to a five-year-old. So that's that comes back to that. So I think it's you have to know yourself because nobody else knows you off a YouTube video, right? Right, yeah. So. And so I'm, I'm just... I'm just curious on kind of a few other points you mentioned and then we're we'll wrap up i'm just kind of so you mentioned like about the advice and i definitely agree i think there's a lot of people kind of just sharing their opinions and sharing like the, all this advice and stuff and like does it actually serve people and help people there could be the argument though that other people kind of think that about us if that makes sense and so i'm kind of then interested in is it more of just like a confidence game or what like if that makes sense are you asking why they should listen to us just so so kind of well so like i like to keep an open mind so like if we're saying you know there's people out there that give advice but they're not qualified other people might look at what i'm doing and saying the same thing or might look at what you're doing and saying the same thing so it's kind of like that double-edged thing well it depends what they're looking for if, mm. if you're looking to build a personal brand of adding uh, great interviews online, uh, creating this podcast show environment of what you're doing, I will probably follow you. Mm. If I can resonate with your style, with liking Liverpool FC, for example, right? You know, resonate with your style and want to emulate of what you're doing, I will probably go and see you as an expert and see you as qualified because you've you've able to, you've got the track record, right? in that specific field. Now, if you taught me how to uh, lose weight and trying to spread yourself too thin, that's where I got, in my mind, I got, hey, there's an authority bias there. I like Luke, I think he's great in that area, but I don't think he's good in that area because he hasn't proven himself to be good in that area. And, and, and that's what I would take with every guru that people follow. You know, uh, I followed a lot of different people for different things, like with Russell Brunson, in, this is more marketing. I follow him in funnels, how to get fit. I will not follow him in, for example, you know, I don't know, finding your life purpose because, you know, why, why would I do that? And I think what happens is people fall in a trap of another bias, a cognitive bias, is a like bias. And uh, I have this discussion with Hannah all the time that, for example, even Hitler, right, probably arguably the most, you know, baddest person ever to live. There's learnings of how you can take of how to influence a public with a right intention. How he used to ask people to take photographs of him, of how he is posing, because he wanted to be an expert of how he's perceived in public. And I think it's to find the person who's expert, expert in that field and just take that without anything. You don't have to like someone or don't like someone to learn something from them. Mm. Okay, that's awesome, man. Alex, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about what you, they do or know someone who's in the dentistry field or just kind of want to connect with you and chat? Yeah, I'll get to that. Let, I want to get your thoughts on that because I'm interested in what you think. What, what do you think of gurus and following everybody? So I definitely agree with what you're saying. I think... Hmm. I think for me, like, I don't necessarily like the term. So like, f f for me, like, I wouldn't necessarily see some, I don't necessarily like the term expert per se, but especially when somebody calls me it, because I'm just kind of out there, you know, trying to provide that value and help people. And that's, I don't, I suppose this may be a limited belief that I have is like, I don't necessarily see my own self yeah. as like an expert in that. And so, you know, just kind of like going out there and helping people. But yeah, I definitely see where you, you know, you're coming from in terms of, in a way it's like staying in your own lane, isn't it? You know, and like becoming good at, at your craft ultimately. I think a challenge that I've faced is, and I mean, I know 
we were go we we uh, were going to mention it in terms of you don't necessarily like the advice. Is it like so your passion or something? But for me, like I have lots of different passions in that that you know that I want to go out there and do and pursue and, and everything so that's been like a challenge for me to like find that one that one singular thing to focus on and like go all in on so you know I think people ultimately ultimately like with all that and it's probably going off track to be fair is just want people to be happy doing what they do and so what like whatever that looks like for them so yeah I don't know really I think with that's the expert kind of, thing you mentioned you're an expert for somebody who's a couple of levels below you because there not is ellen. definitely that point there is you, definitely that that point you're not ellen or oprah right that would be the, the top in the world uh but you're still an expert and that's what i meant by expert and the other point you said with not following any gurus yeah same you know same we both agree on that is to is to pick one that resonates with you i guess right socials we want socials right if yeah, you want yeah, to learn sure. about dentistry, which I'm sure your audience uh, not necessarily do, um, do, but if you want to learn about dentistry and marketing, then it's Alex Barker 212 on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. But it's, it's more business. I do a little bit of mindset and a little bit of my personal journey, but that's more, more, more business. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome, man. Yeah. And, you know, just like some final thoughts on what you mentioned there. I definitely think, I think sometimes when we f follow like a lot of gurus, like you say, or, or like a lot of experts, wherever it is, then I think like they will have conflicting messages, if that makes sense. Um, like when you follow everyone, so it's like going to those people that you can relate to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so. You can drive yourself insane with <laughs> conflicting messages and yeah, res resonation, I think, and relatability is huge. Um, so, you know, there's no point trying to emulate something that's really, like, we'll never try and be a blogger, you know, because I can't write. So we'll never try and emulate that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. Alex, awesome to have you on the show today. Guys, I, this podcast will be on, on App Podcast, Spotify, etc., And I will include all the links down in the show notes. So yeah, go and connect with Alex, awesome guy. And uh, if you do know any dentists or interdentistry, then thanks a lot, Luke. Thanks for having me. I've really, you know, learned a lot from you. And no um, talk soon. Take care. Likewise, man. Likewise. Also, guys, before I go, I will also link those books in the uh, show notes as well that Alex mentioned as well. So again, all links in the show notes. Have an awesome day, guys. Thanks. Bye bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching to this episode of the Grow Together podcast. The Grow Together podcast is available every Thursday as I bring on an interview with our community members here at Grow Together. If you would like to learn more about Grow Together, then head on over to our website, which is growtogethernetwork.com. That is growtogethernetwork.com. The two guys is the number two. So just pointing that out, so it's growtogethernetwork.com, where you can pick up our free personal growth plan workbook, learn more about our community and get access to a wide range of other content via our community blog. With that said, guys, have a great day.